Wednesday Night Wallop presents. Hello, this is Ryland, the computer boy. Thank you for joining. Ryland Turner's Morning Sports Report. So, the computer is crazy! Crazy, I say. Crazy! Good morning, sports fans. Ryland Turner here for another edition of Ryland's Morning Sports Report. I'm joined by Kyle Joseph, my Wednesday Night Wallop co-host. Kyle, how are you? I'm good. Uh, excited to be talking about a baseball season and not more lockout, which is what I was expecting to be talking about around now. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. We are also joined by the legendary Nate Milton. Nate, how are you? What's going on, brothers? Good morning, everybody. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, always a good time talking with you, Ryland, and of course you, Kyle. Uh, you know, I, I always make time for, for you gentlemen, uh, not only because you do, you do good work, but because your check's clear. So, uh, that's, <laughs> that's a winning combination, boys. <laughs> well, before we get talking about the baseball season that is right now, Nate, you have a bit of an expertise in uh, a, an era of wrestling known as WCW 2000. Yes. And, uh, Kyle and I are avid gamers. And when we go back <laughs> and we play our universe or GM mode and we bring back these characters from the past, I had made a statement the other night and he just thought it was ridiculous. And I, I need you to back me up on this. Was Chronic not one of the best parts of WCW 2000? Ooh, that is an excellent question. It's a question many WCW historians like myself have wrestled with over over the years, Ryland. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and here's what I'll say. Is Chronic my favorite WCW tag team of all time? Of course not. That would be ridiculous. I don't even think Brian Clark or Brian Adams would tell you Chronic is their favorite WCW <laughs> tag team of all time. But judging by the standards of 2000, where we are into the era of Vince, unadulterated Vince Russo, where Vince Russo generally has control of the book for a large part of the year, and we get a lot of makeshift tag teams. We get a lot of teams uh, that are talented but underutilized, like the Young Dragons. Uh, like, I think he squandered the Young Dragons. He squandered uh, what was left of three count into 2000. Uh, the the uh, Filthy Animals, like, he didn't do a lot of favors towards the Filthy Animals. Uh, I guess you could – okay, tell me the question again, because did you say they were one of the best, or did you say they were a highlight, or what? how did you phrase it? Uh, one of the best parts of WCW 2000, if there, if, if there are, you know. <laughs> Okay, so judging by the structure of that specific question, I will agree with you, Ryland. They were one of the <laughs> best parts. 
Were they one of the best teams? Probably not. Were they the the best thing about this this uh, promotion in this era? Absolutely not. But judging by the low low standards and the high high curve of WCW Nitro in the year 2000, Chronic was one of the better parts of the show. <laughs> oh man, the faintest <laughs> the faintest of praise, Kyle, is what I will give them. That's that's fair. <laughs> And the thing is, I have I I remember reviewing a couple of these pay per views, and there are some matches that I've had to review where I was then thankful to get to review a chronic match Mm. because that would just that at least was wrestling, even if it wasn't great wrestling, at least it resembled the thing that I love, as opposed to having to watch the cat wrestle, the cat or this was when we had the worst combination of Harlem Heat ever with Stevie Ray. (laughs) Stevie Ray and a past his prime Ahmed Johnson. Like this, this is the bar. The, you know, this is where we had Big Vito and some incarnation of either Johnny the Bull or, or Nunzio. Like this is this is the caliber of teams we're talking about, gentlemen. Or the great Muda being reduced to uh, yes, occasional tag team competitor with was it Vampiro? Vampiro and I believe the Insound Clown Clown Posse was still probably kicking around in 2000. Oh, this is also <laughs> awful. <laughs> yes, oh, generally what one of the worst, one of the worst single years for any major promotion in the history of pro wrestling. Well, now that we've gotten that off our chest. <laughs> Let's get into baseball. Gentlemen, it's time to take me out to the ball game because I'm still learning. So let's talk about the labor dispute. Kyle? It ended. Um, 99 days of lockout, and somehow they came to some sort of crazy emergency last-minute agreement. Um, Neither side seemed super happy with the deal, but I think looking at it... um, it was an improvement for the players in terms of, and the players were definitely in the situation where they needed the most stuff out of it. Uh, it gets, it got them a slight minimum wage, uh, increase. It got them, um, some preventative measures to keep teams from A, tanking a lot and B, uh, to keep them from doing some of the service time manipulation that they were doing. There are some things in there to do that. We got Universal DH. We got some more playoff teams because why not just throw everybody in the playoffs at some point. But um, I think it was overall, it's good. Uh, it's a, it was a good. It was good to see them come to a deal. Would I have liked to personally, uh, as a person who you know uh, loves the sport and wants to see uh, the and wants to kind of wants to force some of the cheaper owners to to do some spending. Would I have liked to have seen a, a cap floor? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen some sort of floor where the, the teams had to spend to. But that was one of the things that the league was going to knock out right away. Mm-hmm. The um at least the luxury tax is going up. There there was again was it a great deal? No, but it was an improvement. Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree with a lot of what Kyle said there, Ryland. I feel like the first thing is, fortunately, as protracted as it may have seemed during the midst of the lockout, in the grand scheme of things, we really only were set back like a week yeah. uh, in, in terms of the actual season. 
Um, there were some changes that were needed. Uh, there was, there's a lot of things that I would have changed, but you know, you can't have everything. I would say this is, this is a win for the players. It's not as big a win as they wanted, but I think it's a good win for them. And, uh, you know, it's a nice feather in the cap for Tony Clark, who I think is, like, he wasn't probably expecting to deal with the lockout as the first major issue of his tenure as the head of the Players Association, and he's the first former player to be the head of the Players Association. I don't think that's a small thing. Uh, but I think they handled it as best they could. Uh, and we got a new CBA. So, you know, it, they did what they needed to do. I still don't think you will ever, and we talked about this, uh, back in the end of last year, you know, when, when this is about to happen, you'll never get to the point, particularly now where you have fans on the sides of, or the majority of fans on the sides of players just because of the money separating the talent from the spectator, you know, and, and it's hard for a lot of fans to kind of put themselves in ball player shoes because you hear this a lot, you know, the average guy or girl saying, you know, man, you know, I would, I would give anything for that opportunity. And so these players are ungrateful, not understanding everybody has a job. You know, everybody's got to go to work, Ryland, and everybody wants to be treated fairly. Everybody wants to be compensated fairly. I don't care if you get paid $10 an hour or $10,000 an hour. You know, we all want to be properly compensated. And so while I don't think this garnered the players any support from the larger fan base, I do think it was the right thing for them to do. You go I mean, look at some of those minor league salaries too, yeah. and boy, I let me tell you, even if I had the ability, um, uh, sixteen hundred bucks a month to to go play, uh, you know, second base for the the Chattanooga Lookouts, um, I think I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and pass, but I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, because the the and you, I think you touched on it earlier, Kyle. All the public seems to kind of focus on or fixate on are the top of the top, you know, your, you know, Mike Trout's or, uh, you know, your uh, uh, Bryce Harper's, you know, people that have signed these big time contracts. But the overwhelming majority of these players are guys that, you know, maybe spend three or four years in the bigs and then that's it. And they're not making those big time salaries. And so, yeah, like I'm, I'm glad that, you know, there was a bump in the minimum salary because I feel like that is something that gets lost in the shuffle when we have these contract disputes, these labor disputes is, yeah, you know, there's a lot of superstars, but the majority of the talent, the majority of the talent is either in the middle of the pack or at the bottom. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was good to see. And I think the biggest win for Tony Clark uh, specifically, as you talked, you talked about him, and it's exciting to see ex-players get into this position mm-hmm. is by the end of this, the owners at least had to take him seriously. Whereas I think they came into it very much not. So yeah. that it's again, positive steps in the right direction. Something to build on. Yeah. Uh, much, much like I, <laughs> I was going to tie it back to the top here, Kyle, you know, much like 
Chronic was a positive step for the WCW 2000 <laughs> Tag Team Division. Like, they weren't the greatest, but it was a step at least, Kyle. It was actual wrestling at least, Kyle. This is an actual step at least that the players uh, can hang their head on. This is very much the Chronic of bargaining agreements. <laughs> <laughs> Moving away from uh, the labor dispute, let's, let's talk about the Atlanta Braves. Mm. Nate. This is this is your team. Well, well, first of all, you you've already messed up here, Ryland, uh, oh. by misidentifying this team. This oh, is yeah. uh, the Cobb County your, Braves. Your your reigning, defending, <laughs> undisputed world champion Atlanta Braves, sir. Yes, that's right. That's right. I I need I I forgot to put the respect on them. Yes, I, I again I I am still. And, and I'm an Atlanta sports fan, Ryland, so I'm going to milk this for all I can because who knows how Absolutely. many more of these Absolutely. I'm going to get. So, like, it with, even within the last two or three months, or two, excuse me, two or three weeks, I've still purchased, like, uh, championship hats or, uh, you know, uh, Ozzy Albies Funko. Like, I'm, I don't know how many people <laughs> own an Ozzy Albies Funko Pop, but I own an Ozzy Albies Funko Pop. You know, I've got a world championship T-shirt that just came in the other day. So I'm I'm still on the high of, of this uh, championship that was unexpected, like we talked about on the last episode where I was on. But, uh, yes, I'm, I'm not going to let – because I know where you're going. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not slick, Ryland. I know you're part of the media. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you just set me up so you could talk about that 12 and 15 record. But I'm not going to let – I'm not going to let the present overshadow the past, Ryland. No, 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 no. I, I just, I, I, I simply, I just, I just wanted your opinion on how the season's going. Um, <laughs> but no, absolutely. Like, listen, listen. As Blacks as a youngster, fly forever. Likes fly forever. And, as a yes. youngster, there was no one cooler in baseball to me as Chipper Jones. Um. Uh, so, so I, I have that Atlanta love. Him and Mark McGuire and. I, I understand there was a steroid scandal there, but like there's a lot of scandals between those two boys. <laughs> Kyle, the Braves. I mean, championship hangover. We can call it mm-hmm. whatever we want to do. Um, here's the the thing about the way that things have have gone with with this new with this new contract. We now have an extra team that can make it into the into the wild card. Get uh, with twelve teams, it's what three wild card teams now. Yeah. That has definitely got an opportunity to to sit in one of these things, and and we're gonna, I think I imagine we're going to talk about um, Steve Cohen's money Mets. But um, yeah. are you asking me? If that is a team that in September is going to be able to do what no Mets team uh, has ever done before and have a winning record in September, I, I, I know it's not no, but like, boy, it feels like it. Um, it's one of those things that there's so much talent on that team, especially in that infield. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to remain. They're going to struggle this much. They're not. They're not dealing with any major injuries. I think it's just one of those things that. Once they get going, I think they'll be okay. But they got to score more runs. They're yeah. they're there's below league average in runs scored in a year where you know scoring runs seems to be really tricky to begin with. So 
Uh, there's too much talent on that offense. I think they're going to be able to figure it out, but we'll wait and see. Yeah. And, and really quick, you know, getting back on Atlanta, like I feel like the thing that we're not taking into account, like, yes, there is a bit of championship hangover, uh, you know, but there's also a roster that has been changed, you know, from that team that hoisted the trophy at the end of last season where Jock, uh, Jock Peterson's gone. Jorge Soler is no longer on the roster and they started the season with Ronald Acuna, you know, in the minors. And, you know, so Acuna's, Acuna's finally back. I feel like the team is going to take a little bit of time to kind of gel. Uh, I'm, as a, as a fan, I'm still personally not happy that Ozuna is still a brave, but I understand like it's hard to trade that guy with the contract plus the off the field stuff. It's hard to find a buyer for Marcelo Ozuna. So I get it. Uh, but I feel like this is a team that's still, you know, Freddie Freeman is now a Dodger, you know, so I feel like this is a team that's going to take some time to kind of coagulate, but it wouldn't shock me, like, if they had another kind of late season run where after the All-Star break, things kind of come together, and if not challenge for the division, you know, challenge for one of those wild card spots. Enjoying the, the ageless wonder that is Charlie Morton. Getting up there every every four, five days. Yes, the I I and here's the thing, like I feel like Atlanta fans and maybe sports fans in general have such a short memory because there's a part of me that wants to like cuss out Anthopolis, but I'm like, come on, man, man just gave us a championship, so it's like, you know what, like you you can be suspect for at least another couple seasons, Alex. I, like, I'll give you a couple seasons to make some questionable moves because you brought us a championship and, and yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to get on the guy's case. Not yet. Look, as somebody who has been on the other side of, uh, of the firing of Alex Anthopoulos, oh, it gets, it can get worse. They say, <laughs> they say it will get better. Uh, and maybe eventually it does if you happen to sign the future Hall of Fame son of a Hall of Fame player. But <laughs> barring that, it gets worse. Yes, that Blue Jays strategy. If we just need to find the 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 progenies of former major leaguers. Like that's exactly. that's the game plan. Like like how like Does your daddy play? Your daddy your play? Daddy play? Right. Yes. Let's talk yeah. about those Blue Jays. Nate, I'm gonna start with you. The Blue Jays, talk to me about this team this year. Oof. So, you guys know I have a lot of uh, connections to Toronto, uh, you know, through my work with Post and, and uh, you know, other uh, personal and professional connections up there. Is this – and Kyle maybe touched on it. Is this a team that is just going to perennially underachieve, man? Because like, I don't think it's a question of talent anymore. Like, I don't. You know, do they have the most talent in baseball? No, but they got enough to compete. And right now, like, yes, they're uh, uh, within spitting distance of the Yankees, I guess. But how much confidence do do you really have in this team? It wavers. It wavers. Uh, (laughs) Here's the thing. I'm looking at a team with a negative run differential. Mm. Yes, they're winning games, but... Um, that is, don't get me wrong, I, I love this rotation, particularly the top of it. 
Jose Barrios looks like he's starting to come into form after a bit of a shaky uh, after a shaky start. And Kevin Gossman and Alex, Alex Manoa, that young man, those guys look like they're Cy Young candidates early on. Which, again, it's early in the season, but that does seem that does seem uh, like a lot. The biggest problem one. Uh, once we lost a couple of those guys, it looked it started to look very interesting as to what the depth looks like for our batting our, our lineup. Yes. Um. Uh. Any day where Zach Collins is your cleanup hitter is going to be a rough day. That you're asking a lot of of a team to try to to win with uh and and then he was playing DH a bit there too like I know he was starting he he was starting out hot but like he is known as defensive catcher and if he's your DH on any particular day that's a that's a tough day the other and the other problem ultimately I mean health is is one of it and then uh yeah some of the bats haven't quite got haven't quite gotten going yet and. There's worries about Hyunjin Ryu if he's mm. going to be able to hold up for the whole season. I knew, I knew, I knew you were going to bring up Ryu, man. Like, I, <sighs> he's somebody I, I like a lot. But yeah. my my thing with Ryu has always been: if Ryu is your third best pitcher or fourth best pitcher, that's a squad. Yeah. If if you need Ryu to be anything more than that, uh, in terms of performance or health. Uh, more importantly, health. Like, I think you're in a bad situation because I don't know if you can count on them. And that's the biggest thing is that what's being tested right now isn't the Blue Jays' strengths. It's the Blue Jays' depth. And depth mm. is not their friend right now. Uh, we uh, we just went out and signed uh, Derek Collin to a minor league contract. And I have a feeling that if he ends up coming up here, he'll be leaving here with an ERA somewhere around eight. So, um, fingers crossed they'll be able to turn. As, as Nate said, they're they're so full of talent. Yeah. They have they have three guys who had MVP votes last season. They have two of the best starting pitchers in the league early on in the season. They've got talent all the way around. Oh, and by the way, help is on the way eventually, probably by September, because Gabriel Moreno is raking in in the minors. And boy, could they use a catcher who can who can hit like he can. But, but yeah, it time will tell. And also, like, what's amazing about the Yankees? They're on an eleven game winning streak right now. Um, I'm. They're not the Yankees anymore. Like, this is a Yankees team that, like, they're still starting Brett Gardner <laughs> in the year of our Lord 2022, and they're 18 and 6. I can't, like, after Garrett Cole, who's there, who are the other starters in that rotation? Oof, yeah. And yet, and yet. So, I'm hoping some of this Yankee magic wears off a little bit, but the Blue Jays have to start performing up to their up to their level. I think they can, but it's clear this division's going to like 90 wins isn't going to cut it if you want, especially if you want to compete for the division. It looks like it's going to be more like 95 to 98, and that's a very different discussion. Yeah, and I feel like with the AL East, like outside of Baltimore, uh, my <laughs> the no Baltimore. the the beloved Oreos of my father, who uh, he and my mother uh, are in Baltimore this weekend to check out a couple O's games. So shout out to moms and pops. Uh, but outside of the Oreos, I don't see a lot of separation, Kyle. 
uh, between the Yanks, uh, the Blue Jays, uh, Tampa Bay and, uh, Boston. Like, I feel like if you told me at the end of the year, Tampa wins this division and the Yankees finish second or the Yankees win the division and the Blue Jays finish second or the Jays win and the Sox finish second, I could reasonably buy all of those scenarios. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And there's talent all the way down. The Rays are magic, magically finding. And the worst part about the Rays is that the difference between the Rays and the Blue Jays, I think, is where the Blue Jays, I'm starting, you start to have questions about the depth as soon as it comes in. That AAA squad of Tampa Bay is chocked full of guys that are ready to, to mm-hmm. be, be the next dude. Uh, they're, they're always ready to find new shoestring, uh, budget players to, to <laughs> put up two and a half, uh, win, uh, war win seasons. So, yeah. That AL East, man. Kyle, tell me a little bit more about these money bets. Um, your man, uh, so, my man, Steve Cohen, he's not my man, but, um, <laughs> he is, uh, he is a hedge fund manager, which seems to be the only occupation that allows you to buy, uh, baseball or yes. pro sports teams at this point. Um, yes, in the, in the 70s and 80s, it was like oil tycoons or real estate tycoons. And in the 2000, I guess, what are we, in the aughts now? I don't even yeah. know what to call it. The, the yeah. aughts. It's uh hedge fund guys, and then 15 years from now, it'll be all the bros that invested in crypto early. Like, yeah. <laughs> that'll, that's what's gonna okay. be. I can't, I can't wait for the Ethereum bros to to, to buy the the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, the, the, the uh the uh, NFT consortium has purchased yeah. the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Oh, <laughs> it's it's a terrifying thought. Um. That's, that's the weird thing about, like, you look back at some of the professions of people. Uh, Peter Angelos was a labor lawyer. And he probably yep. was a very good lawyer. But, like, can you imagine a lawyer trying to buy a baseball team now? Yeah. It's just not it's – it's a different world. The crazy but, thing with all of these – like, I won't say all of these owners, but the majority of these owners in, in <laughs> the NFL and M- MLB particularly – I think it's a little bit different in the NBA, but particularly in, in baseball and football, these are all extremely wealthy dudes who are successful in one industry and have the hubris to think that that success travels. And so that's why we get so many failed uh sports teams run by these dudes who have all the money in the world and all the ego, Kyle, but none of the smarts or the intellect to be able to let – People that know what they're doing run these franchises, and that's how you end, end up with the uh, Orioles and their – I don't know why I keep picking on Baltimore, but that's how you end up with decades of futility. Uh, Lord knows – and then Lord knows what happens when you pass it to their kids. Um, yes. <laughs> so Steve Cohen uh, has decided that um, he is going to create his ver- a Dodgers of his very own um, – <laughs> Where if you throw – it is an experiment to ask. If you throw enough money at the Mets, can they be successful? <laughs> and the answer so far is maybe. Um, am I going to – as a person, if, if you want to pick on the Orioles again, am I going to be the person who's going to say Buck Showalter is going to be the guy to get them over the hump? <laughs> that That is a bet that – uh, historically hasn't been a smart one. 
but he's at least like they at least seem to have a level of competency yeah. there that we couldn't have said before. Buck Showalter is always the he's always the steady the ship guy. Like mm. he's never gonna be the guy that gets you to the promised land, in my opinion. But mm. like if you if you've gone through some trials and tribulations and you just need somebody to kind of all right, man, we need to we need to hunker down. That's Buck Showalter. Oh, my man Dusty Baker, he's out there. He's yes. out there taking. He will get you to the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> don't don't worry about what happens once you get there. That's you're playing with house money once you get exactly. There. <laughs> but yes, there's a whole crop of like the Dusty Bakers, the Buck Showalters of the world. Like we 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 just need guys to get us to the next level. Yeah. He will get the best out of that squad for 162 games, and then yep. that you're on your own at that point. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I like as far as the Mets go. Um, it, it, like obviously adding Max Scherzer to to an mm. insanely talented rotation, obviously throwing all the money that they have at this at this lineup, it's gonna do. Good things. There's talent here, obviously, and they're having a great start to the season. Um, Pete Alonso is, you know, he's he's back to looking like he's crushing balls again. Um, this pitching rotation looks like an absolute monster. Uh, Chris Bassett looking really good too. Um, and they've shored up of the bullpen, which is a thing that. Um, is a terrifying thought is uh the Mets with a bullpen that's not that you're not afraid of turning to. Um because that has been and then, you know, on top of all of that, if Jacob deGrom comes back and looks like half the mm-hmm. greatest pitcher of all time that he was before, then yeah, we could be talking about a team that could be winning a lot of games. But again there's so I, it, you, Sometimes it's irrational to think that it is irrational to think that a location and a jersey can change the outcomes of baseball games more <laughs> than the players and the the coaches and everyone involved. But there have been enough hilarious Mets collapses in the last decade that if they are on, if they Managed to come away losing this division in some sort of hilarious September collapse. Would I be shocked by that? I, I just don't know if I can be. I, I, maybe I'd be more surprised than the Mets fans themselves. So that's yeah. sort of the big thing. And the thing is, like, you know, when you're making that point right there, Kyle, it takes a certain type of player to be able to play in a market like New York or Boston. You know, it, it's like, Granted, I never had the talent, Ryland, to be a major league player. Spoiler alert. But if I did, just knowing who I am, like you, you put me in Oakland, I'm good all day. You put me in Kansas yeah. City, I'm, 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 a, I'm a MVP candidate. You put me in, you know, Milwaukee or Atlanta, uh, San Diego, I can do work. You put me in New York City or LA at 2021, 20, 22. You put me in, in New York or LA at 32. I might not be the best player because it's a lot going on in those locations. Uh, so I feel like you got to get the right kind of mix of guys. And I feel like somebody like Max Scherzer, who I've always had a lot of respect for, adds a lot to this team. And you mentioned DeGrom. 
uh, Kyle. I feel like knowing that he doesn't have to carry the burden might mm. be a benefit to DeGrom in this rotation. Uh, the other thing is, and, and I didn't talk about it off the top, but I feel like the teams that have the money like the Mets or the Dodgers that could get bats in the National League, it's going to bear fruit this year because now we got the DL. And I'm, I'm not happy about the DL, but we got it. And so if you can get an extra bat in the lineup every day uh, that, you, that you know, you went out and spent all this money for, it's going to add to your offense. Do I believe in the Mets? As a Braves fan and as a fan of baseball for my entire life who has seen what the Mets have done, no, I don't believe in the Mets. I think they'll be in the mix, but it would not shock me if, uh, and this is not just Braves Homer uh, coming out of me, but I feel like it wouldn't shock me if they ended up getting caught in the end uh, as we get down to the wire. But, you know, they, they, they got a really impressive lineup on paper. It's one of those things that the Mets have won two championships in their history, mm. and one of them we called a miracle. So, like, that's that's all I'm saying is that Kyle's got all the shade for the Mets. I'm not, I don't. And that's the thing is, I don't dislike the Mets. Like, I remember the the those those teams where David Wright was trying his best to drag those sorry boys yes. to eighty wins. Yep. Um, but, and I felt, always felt bad, uh, for, for some of the, some of those players who came through who were great, great players. And then they'd sign these, like, you know, four year deals with the Mets. I remember, um, cause he was Canadian, uh, Jason Bay. Yes, yes. Pirates, Pirates legend outfielder Jason Bay. And of course the Pirates were going to pay actual money to a player. So along come the Mets to sign him to four years. And it's like, oh yeah, he plays there still. Let's check his numbers and loss. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Um, well, I can't, I can't fun. begin to tell you, Kyle, like being here, uh, you know, a little bit away from Norfolk in Virginia for the longest time, our team, uh, in the minors was the Mets affiliate. The tides. Mm. Uh, now they're they're affiliated with the Orioles, but for most of my life, like I'd say up until the last five years, they've been associated with the Mets. And so, you know, we go out to the ballpark and we'd see all these young players and like, oh man, Jason Isringhausen, he's gonna be a beast when he gets to the Mets. Uh, oh man, that ben, Benny Agbayani is gonna be a problem <laughs> when he gets to the major leagues with the Mets. And so much talent that was either squandered or traded away to yeah. get bigger talent that came in and did nothing. It's like, man, they have they have all the resources in the world and none of the Yankees finesse in how to implement those resources. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I, you know, it would be nice to see them turn it around, but it, it's there's something about having that joke that just keeps being funny every year. Mm-hmm. It's hard to lose that sometimes. Like, somebody's got to be the the LA Clippers to the Lakers. Somebody's yes. got to be, you know, the uh, the uh, the uh, Dod uh, the uh, Angels to the Dodgers. Like, there's yes. always got to be the other team that that's not quite as good. And like one of these days, the Seattle Mariners are going to make the playoffs, and we're not going to know what to do. Yeah. Um, uh, because it's just, it's, it's nice to have those traditions in sports. Um, yeah. The Cincinnati Reds, gentlemen. Oh, I, I have lots to say about this team. Well, I'll let you start then. I'll let you start. 
How many years is Joe? I got. I, that's the thing. I got to check first. How many more years has Joey Votto got left? Because <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't watch my man Votto go down like this. Let, let me tell you what. So uh, I don't know. Are either of you guys caught up on on your Marvel on your MCU? Uh, mostly. Okay. Have you Have you started watching Moon Knight? No, I have not. Okay, so I, I will not spoil Moon Knight, but let's say there is a character in Moon Knight who is tethered to a, a an otherworldly creature, shall we say. Okay. And he is basically in service to this otherworldly creature for past crimes that he may or may not have committed. I feel like Joey Votto did something <laughs> in another life to get him tethered to this franchise for the entirety of what has been most likely like a Hall of Fame career. It, it's one of those things that, and I, I, you know, especially because, because he's Canadian. So it's, you, we always get the, 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 we always like to celebrate the, the guys who, who made it um, here and won MVPs and stuff like that. Yeah, he is, he is an absolute legend. I just remember, I remember all those years, um, my my all-time favorite uh takes uh when it came to some of the local writers writing about Joey Votto is that well he walks too much. We need him to go out there, you know, hitting the ball and he's out there getting on to first base. Like no, that's not his problem. That's the guy who's hitting after him that's yeah. got to do something. If he's get if he's moving the thing along, you need the rest of the lot but um and just looking at his stats so far this year, uh, he is slashing 122, 278, and 135. Um, and for a guy who last season had an OPS plus of 137, which is on, is pretty close to on par with his career, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Like, to have numbers that good at age 37 is absolutely incredible. And I, I just, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, time out, Kyle. Let's, let's reiterate that. Joey Votto, as of, to, as of this morning, is 38 years old, meaning he has spent 15 years of his adult life. Yes. Playing for this friend. So, again, we talked earlier, Kyle, about how everybody's got a job, whether it's, a major league baseball player or whether it's a used car salesman, everybody's got a job. Imagine being at a job where you are the best employee bar none and your job is still terrible. You keep shuffling coworkers in and out and you're stuck at that job for 15 years. Yeah. That's Joey Votto's life. Yep. And there's no, like there's no getting out. There's no escape. (laughs) They can't, they, they're, they would because if they'll trade you if they traded you it would be for pennies on the dollar and yep. uh that's just not how the that's just how the Reds roll. I mean, this is a team last year that was threatening for the playoffs, and they so far have three wins um this year they're three and twenty and what's hilarious about about this team is. Cause they, cause they were, uh, very much like Oakland, uh, they jettisoned everything. Mm-hmm. They tore the, they tore this thing down to the studs. And, and the difference I think is that, first of all, Oakland has been, has this, they've seen this song and dance before. 
they've they they tear it down to the studs every four years, and they find a way to come out of it and be okay. I look at this like I look at this lineup. Their starting lineup has no less than uh, three guys hitting under under the Mendoza line, and um, I know who Hunter Green is. Uh, he is a the, he's a starting pitching prospect. Um, I'm looking at this this rotation. Their rotation so far, um, my man Nick Lodolo, who is hurt right now, is uh, the clubhouse leader in rotation ERA at five fifty two. Um, there is a there is a pitcher who has started four games and has an ERA of thirteen seventy eight. I didn't even know it was possible. Like, <laughs> how do you have an ERA of thirteen starting four games? Yeah. Which you know the part. last time the Reds made the postseason, Kyle? Oh, I'm trying to because I think it was Dusty Baker, wasn't it? 2013. They made a wild card. They made the wild card game. Since 2013, the most wins they've had in a season is 83. They were 83 and 79 last year. Yeah, and that's the, the thing about it is it's just, I, man. Uh, according to the playoff odds right now, they have a 0.8% chance of making the postseason, and I'm wondering what is allowing it to be that high. Um, I I don't have any answers. I I don't. They were a good team last year, and even with all the trades they made made to get worse, I don't understand why. And the other thing I don't understand, and it's one of those things that. Especially in a place like Cincinnati, where if you just turn out to be good, mm-hmm. um, the fans would love you. Yeah. Just if you were just consistently good. You don't need to turn this into like the greatest team ever or whatever it is. You just need to be good. There's some teams that asking them to go through a rebuild is asking the fans for too much. And I feel like that's where what we're where we are with the Reds is they're they're going to go through another rebuild and what's even going to come of it? Cuz you have the same people in charge of, you know, scouting the talent and developing the players and bringing them along and they have the same ownership that is going to be willing to pay the players for exactly four seasons until, you know, Oh, that that third arbitration—that's that's too much money for for that's too rich for our blood. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then Joey Votto will be there alone. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, I've looked it up. He is there until twenty twenty four. And Jonathan India will be gone by then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too far, too talented to 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 keep him to keep it'll him just, around. It'll just be Joey Votto and Tommy Pham. Like you still here? Yep, you still here. <laughs> Locker rooms next to each other. Everyone else is gone. Um man, I just like I look at I look at this team and it's just and you look at the roster and it's just not the guys who are in the in the league, because that's the thing is like you can add, you can hope for all the prospects you want. Especially we're going to be going, they're going to be going in the draft, and they're probably going to be picking really high. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I guess not, not this year, but next year they'll be picking really high. Like, how much can you ask out of especially high school players yeah. to <laughs> turn your franchise around, let, to be the hope that which, you know, you put that, that hope on, on, on that person's back. It's, it's, just, it's not like the NFL draft or the uh, NBA draft where one or two players can completely turn a franchise around. You know, with, with, with the MLB, like you're saying, you got, A, you've got players that are so young, and B, they're going to take time to develop, you know, most of them, you know, and you're yeah. talking two, three years in the minors, and it's like, by that time, what does your team look like? And so you have to, if you're a general manager, you have to be really shrewd about balancing the needs of today with the needs of the future. And it feels like the Reds don't know where they're at. They're there again, going back to Marvel. They're, they're in a time loop. They don't know, you know, we, we, we see ghosts and, and, and images and variants of Joe Morgan and Pete Rose. And we know we used to be good once upon a time, but we don't know how to get back. But the, the thing about it is that, and this is why I don't have a lot of sympathy for them or for the pirates. Mm. I look at that division. Like, look at the division that they're yeah. in. Because Cincinnati will complain, oh, we're a small market team. How can we ever compete with a small market team? Your division is Pittsburgh, the Cubs, who are, you know, right now in a rebuilding phase. And for a a big market club, they sure love to be a small market team most of the time. The Cardinals and, of course, the powerhouse Milwaukee Brewers. (laughs) You're telling me you can't find a way to get out of that division? Yeah. Like once in a while? That, it's one thing, it's one thing if you're the San Francisco Giants and asking yourselves how you're going to be able to, you know, put together a team of guys who can compete with the Dodgers and with the Padres. Or, you know, the AL East, Atlanta has, you know, three other clubs who are going to at least be trying to spend money or are willing yeah. to do it in Washington, Philly, and the Mets. Obviously, the Marlins – and the Marlins find ways to be magically good enough before they start trading those players. I can't, I can't wait for some of them pitchers to start moving around because who knows, who knows where they're going to end up. Um, probably on the Yankees. It just seems to be how it ends up going. But, but – has too much sympathy for you because how can you not escape that division every now and again? And yes, is St. Louis the most magical, like pulling random nonsense out of their keisters team in the entire league? Yes, 100% they are. Uh, is Albert Poole somehow magically going to have a pretty good season for them? Probably. Who knows? But like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you got to do better. Let's talk about the AL East. Kyle, this is a topic that you wanted to uh, mention before we got on air. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard again. <laughs> there, there were years where coming into this season, the Yankees weren't supposed to be. Uh, they were supposed to be on a little bit of a downswing. Um, there's concerns about their pitching. There's concerns about, about where all the bats are going to come, whether or other bats are going to come through. They got rid of Gary Sanchez because they needed to blame somebody for something. And, mm. um, now he's, he's off with the twins. That seems to have been, been a win-win for both sides somehow. 
But, like, I, I keep wanting them to be worse than they are. But they keep not going away. And, like, just looking at this lineup, and of course, of course, Josh Donaldson's uh, hitting like a monster. And Aaron Judge is back to being, you know, he's got nine home runs already. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Rizzo has nine home runs already. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Cubs. Um, and then this rotation of uh, Garrett Cole uh, is by ERA so far in this early season, the fourth best pitcher on the rotation because checks notes, Jamison Talon, Jordan Montgomery, and Nestor Cortez are somehow monsters this year. (laughs) Sometimes, uh, like I said with the Mets, sometimes you put on a jersey and it just does something to you. I don't know if it's constrictive or something like that, where you just you're just not able to quite elevate yourself to that same level, or at least it feels that way. <sighs> something about those pinstripes, man. Some people just put some people it just doesn't work out, and some people put it on. And uh, yeah, Anthony Rizzo is, is gonna could compete for a home run title. Yeah, like you talking about Rizzo, Judge, like, like you mentioned, Stanton, like. The pitching is less of a concern for me than maybe for you, Kyle, because I feel yeah. like if they can mash, like if all these dudes stay healthy and, and you know, I'm talking on-the-field injuries plus, you know, COVID is still a thing, ladies and gentlemen, whether you want to believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, if they can stay healthy, they'll be in the mix just because they've got the talent on the payroll from the, the uh, everyday player standpoint. They just need competent pitching. Like, they don't need great pitching. Competent pitching will keep them in the mix. And so, yeah, I, I feel like there is there is something to those teams that are always in the mix. And, you you know, people are like, oh, the Yankees are rebuilding or it's reloading. It's a down year. A down year for the Yankees is a great year for the Cincinnati Reds. It's a, yes. it's a, it's a, it's a monster <laughs> year for the Cincinnati Reds. It's a monster it, year it also for the Cleveland help. Guardians. Yeah, it also doesn't help that, like, in that ballpark, you can get a check swing home run. Um, yeah. Where it, everything just flies out of there. But, like, yeah, it's – I mean, that outfield is Joey Gallo, Aaron Hicks, and Aaron Judge – with Giancarlo Stanton like being the occasional outfielder and, and the DH, and yeah. you might as well just call that whole that whole group three true outcomes because <laughs> ain't gonna be a lot of doubles. No, for those boys, that's not what they're there they're there for. <laughs> the ball will go out, or they will strike out, or they will walk. The rest of that nonsense, they they don't need that. We'll, we'll leave the doubles <laughs> to La Castro. Yeah. <laughs> Labor Torres, you can go ahead and some doubles. <laughs> we don't need we don't need we don't need that nonsense. That's not what we're here for. That's not what we're about. Kyle, another topic you wanted to touch on uh was the lack of offense this season. Okay. So I feel like it's worth talking about as league wide because it's 
especially, and I know it's early, it's early in the season. So always, whenever it's early in the season, you always have to be aware that batters take long, longer to get going than pitchers do. And we had a truncated spring training. Yes. And you know, the shortened spring training made, uh, made everything, uh, a little bit worrying. And baseball, in their infinite wisdom, is doing something with the baseballs again. And <laughs> let remember the NBA changed the ball that one time, and the players said, "Don't do it ever again." And the NBA just didn't. <laughs> like that the the ball was so terrible, the players hated yep. it. And then for like after that week. Basketball pit, went back to the basketballs they had before. Was they that when they, uh, the, when they went to the Nike ball? Oh, I can't think so. I can't remember who it was. But yeah, I think it was that. I just, I just remember those. Like every every report was players just revolting at this baseball. <laughs> um and and yeah, but and I know power is is king right now. Mm-hmm. But the league average right now, in a year where we have universal DH, is two. The batting average is two thirty two mm. as a league. Yeah, that's. Um, by the way, the Cincinnati Reds uh, have company at the bottom. If we want to talk about a team that is somehow uh, above five hundred, and or is actually exactly five hundred, and how is it even possible? Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks currently have a batting average of 188. <laughs> They're 15 and 15. I don't, how that happens, I don't know. But, yeah, suffice to say, it's, it is becoming a worrying trend because mm-hmm. I love a good pitcher's duel the same as anybody else. But one, a pitcher's duel isn't a pitcher's duel if the starter only gets five innings. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. a pitcher's duel anymore. That is that is a game of bullpen chicken. And mm-hmm. um, I if you if, I don't know the only thing that that come, come on Kyle who doesn't love a good bullpen battle? <sighs> My man Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game through seven who, innings. Who doesn't love a good reliever rumble? And out comes Dave. Out comes Dave Roberts. Come up there and take the ball from him. If mm. let me just tell you, especially if I'm Clayton Kershaw and he's what 35 now or something like that, coming towards yeah. the end of my career. Um, if he Dave Roberts comes out to take the baseball from me, like no, you're gonna have to fight me for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a perfect game going. You're yeah. you're gonna have to take it from me. I know you used to play, but all right, old man, this is, this is how it's going to be. I, it is, it's one of, I appreciate what statistic, the statistical revolution has done for baseball, but some of it has not really been fun. And that's, and it's, I know baseball is, and baseball in their infinite wisdom is trying to tinker with things to try to make it so that their game will work. And they've been doing things with the baseballs for a while to try to make it happen. I don't know how they can make a baseball um, be hit but not go out of the park. Uh, I think that seems to be what they're trying to do now is to increase singles. But people got to make contact with the ball to single it. And 
they're they're not really looking to do anything but hit a lot of home runs, and everybody can throw ninety seven now. Hmm. Or or sorry, like and if you're throwing ninety two, it has like six feet of movement on it. I watching what pitchers are capable of doing now. I'm not entirely sure how batters are able to hit baseballs now. And I do wonder how much longer we're going to be looking at this uh, at 60 feet and six inches. That might be the next thing that, that has to has to have a look at is we might have to give these hitters a bit more time, but is that just going to lead to more home runs? I don't know. Right. And I think part of the issue, like there's a lot of factors, Kyle, in terms of why the numbers are where they are right now. You mentioned some, you know, in terms of the shortened spring training, in terms of, the pitching is always going to be ahead of the uh, batting early on in the season. Uh, but I think much like with the NBA, when we saw how the three-pointer changed the game, and that is what we're getting players paid. Like players, players are smart. We spent, you yeah. know, the, the opening moments of the show talking about contract and, and uh, labor issues. Players are going to go where the money is. And if that means, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago, that meant, you know, hitting for average or, you know, you know, stealing 20 bases, you know, stealing yeah. 30 bases. Nowadays, it's about home runs and RBIs. And so it's like if I'm a player who has the ability to, you know, hit for average, but I can hit for power and get paid a lot more, that's what I'm going to focus on. And so that to me, even, you know, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying about what the pitchers are doing nowadays. But I feel like it's a conscious choice by the yeah. players where we're not going to focus on, you know, hitting that double or, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to try to, you know, get this clutch base hit here in the late innings. I'm trying to go yard or I'm going to strike out because I get paid the same for both. But what what's always been crazy to me is that there are like you look at uh I know Kansas City when they were at their best were doing this, but some of these parks are built such that like for Seattle for example you're not going to get somebody who's going to be able to hit you know more than 30 home runs very often that park just isn't built for it so I do wonder I think the uh, one thing I do wonder with some of the analytics stuff is that if we're taking into account I got to play 81 games in in this place mm-hmm. can't is it feasible for us to only be looking for, for, for home runs? And I think for some of the places, I do wonder, uh, for some of the larger parks in the league, I mean, this Colorado aside, because uh, that crisp mountain air, um, somehow they're, they're playing good baseball. I have no idea how. Um, but, but, yeah, I, I, I do wonder if there's if there's differences in approaches, especially one of the big things is that small market teams, one of the things they have to look for is market inefficiencies. And if power hitters are getting paid, you might have to look at some of those other guys. Mm-hmm. And we might we, – hopefully we'll see a little bit of a swing in the other direction, but it's tough with the bullpens the way they are, especially you – know, <clears throat> with how deep they get to be. If you have, you know, eight guys in your bullpen who can throw 95 and, and a decent second pitch, it's 
you really only need to ask your starters to do but so much, and then and then it's just going to be turned over to that group of guys back there. Mm. Well, gentlemen, it's come the time of the show where we're going to play the first MLB edition of Hot or Not of the 2022 season of sports. Are you gentlemen ready? Ready as I'll ever be, man. Let's go. We've got 10 MLB teams, and you guys are going to tell me whether they're going to be hot or not, and and you can even add why. We'll start with Nate. Nate, the Toronto Blue Jays, number one. Ooh, the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, taking it back to wrestling, you got to know when to get that cheap pop, Rylan. And like I said, I got a lot of affiliations. <laughs> With that, with that great city of Toronto, Canada. So I'm going to say the Blue Jays are going to be hot this year. Excellent. Kyle, what do you got on the Blue Jays? I, there's just too much talent, especially once they start to get guys like Teoscar Hernandez and Guriel back in that lineup, where that lineup is like seven, eight really talented guys deep. It's tough for me to think that they're not going to at least compete for the division. And in that division, that's going to get you in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with hot as well. Uh, number two, Kyle, the Atlanta Braves. I I have to I say the same thing. I look around that division, and th- there's too much talent on the Atlanta Braves, especially that infield. Once Matt Olson gets going, you have you have Albies, you have Dancy Swanson. Um, I can't remember who their third baseman is. Um, Riley. Oh yes, Austin Riley, who's also really like. There's just so much talent. I like their rotation. They're not really hurt right now, so so long as they're able to stay healthy, that's usually a good sign. You're you're gonna have a hard time convincing me this team's missing the playoffs. I gotta go hot. Hey, the Atlanta Braves. Why are you asking questions you already know the answer to, Rylan? <laughs> I figured I'd start because we're Canadian. We'd start with Canada, we'd get through Atlanta, and then we'd get into some of the nitty-gritty. Yes, uh, yeah, this, this team this team is hot for me uh, for much of the same reasons Kyle mentioned. Uh, but also, like, I feel like when you look at that division, there's nobody that scares me. You know, I feel like the Mets are a good team. I feel like, you know, the Phillies could be a good team. The Marlins, like, I feel like the Marlins are a good team, but they're a young team. And I feel like you need a little bit of grit and a little bit of experience to win later on after we get past the All-Star break. So, yeah, I think the Braves are hot. They're going to make the postseason. And, uh, you know, this is going to be the year where, you know, Ronald Acuna can finally make the statement that I did it without Freddie Freeman. Because, you know, that's that's been the all the, the big talk in the offseason, gentlemen, this this alleged oh, feud yeah. between Acuna and Freeman. And so, you know, uh, much like classic wrestling booking, we got to put the young kid over. He's one of the most exciting people in the league. And yeah. I think it's, for me, it's him and Fernando Tatis. I want to see them mm-hmm. both in the playoffs. That's the only thing I was I was hating about the World Series run last year is that Ronald wasn't able to be a part of it. Nate, number three, the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> oh, it's it's a not it's it's an easy not for me and and I hate to say it because like like I said earlier this has um been my father's favorite team and I've been to so many games both at the old Memorial Stadium and also at uh at uh the new park uh, Camden Yards 
the the new park. It's like 30 <laughs> years old at this point. Uh, still one of the best parks in baseball, though. Uh, but they like they've got some players that I really like who I think could do well in other settings. Uh, like I think Cedric Mullins, when he's healthy, yeah. I think Cedric Mullins is a quality player. He's just stuck on a bad squad. Like Trey Mancini is a guy that I saw come up through the minors here. Like I I have a lot of love for Trey Mancini, but He's not going to get anything done in that uniform. So, yeah, it's it's an easy not. Like, even if this team was good, which I don't think they are, that division is way too tough. Fair enough, fair enough. Kyle, Baltimore. Uh, uh, they're cursed because they've signed Rubnet O'Doer, the, uh, mm. uh, the most hated man in all of Toronto. No, um, they're improving. That's something. They're getting better. They're, you know, there's not much worse they can go. They got the first overall pick in the draft. Uh, right now, they're a few years away from being a few years away. I think the goal mm. is by the end of the season to feel like you're a few years away. And, mm. uh, but that's not, that's not getting you to the playoffs. And Lord, <laughs> Lord knows. You know Boston is mad upset that they're only two games ahead of the Orioles right now. Uh, that's, a, that's a not for me. Nate, number four, the San Francisco Giants. Ooh. Ooh. Is there a lukewarm option? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I like – I mentioned Jock Peterson earlier. Like I am somebody who is still mad that the uh, Braves weren't able to retain Jock because I feel like he he gave us a little boost. He gave us a little swagger in that championship run. Uh, so I, I have nothing but good feelings toward that man. But again, you're talking about a division where the Dodgers, a team we haven't talked about a lot this morning, the Dodgers spent all the money in the world to get back to the World Series, and then you've got arguably the most talented young player in the game in Tatis, or one of, at least one of the most exciting young players in Tatis in, with San Diego. Uh, so I feel like at best maybe the Giants contend for a wild card berth, but if 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 I can't change the rules of this game and throw a lukewarm option in there and I'm forced to pick between hot or not, I guess I would have to lean towards not. Fair enough, fair enough. Kyle, the Giants. So here's the problem with the Giants. They are currently second in the league for runs per game, behind only the Yankees. The problem is third and fourth, or third, fourth, and fifth of the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Rockies. Like, <laughs> and I look at that roster of the Giants, and I just don't know if they can sustain it. And the thing that's starting to worry me, without Kevin Gossman there, who is right now looking real good for the Blue Jays, um, Alex Cobb and his 5.40 ERA is going to have to pitch once every five days. Or mm. who even knows what, now that they've got some, starting to have some injuries, they're asking a lot of this, of a rotation of guys that is good but not great. And once those bats start to cool, and I, I think the bats are going to start to cool, uh, can you ask those guys to continue to deliver at that high of a level? 
I have to say not. I love the Giants. I really would like to see them make the playoffs again. You're asking a lot of this team. Oh, fair enough. Kyle, uh, you and I grew up watching a movie, a baseball movie that I'm sure mm. you'll remember. Uh, Angels in the Outfield. Uh, Man, and I'm going to quote Gordon Levitt. Yes, I'm going to quote him. I'm going to quote him. Could it happen? Asking me if the Angels are going to make the playoffs. Like... They sh- they have to at some point, right? <laughs> but you have um, Mike Trout has been the best player in baseball for what a decade. <laughs> he has made the playoffs. Checks notes once, <laughs> one whole entire time. <sighs> There's just way too much talent on this lineup. We get even more Shohei Otani. He has been yep. great. And, hey, Noah Syndergaard actually looks like, if his arm doesn't fall off, he looks like he's getting, he's been pretty good too, which, you know, that's something that the, the Angels haven't been able to say in a while is that one of their one-year pitching experiments went well. But, yeah, I... I have a hard time with it because they seem to just find ways to not be good enough, but I look at the rest of that division, especially now, and, ooh, that West doesn't look so good. I'm going to say hot. Mm. Nate, the Angels. First of all, you you hit me with a bit of a Vince Russo swerve, uh, Ryland, with the listen, bro, because when you said a baseball movie, I thought we were going – uh, Cleveland Indians slash Guardians there for Major League, but we went Angels in the outfield. That's a good one, yes. too. It's <laughs> uh, a good movie. I, I'd say hot, because I feel like outside of Houston, I don't know who's really rocking with the Angels in this division. Uh, like you said, Kyle, on paper, like they should be in the mix. Uh, I, I do like the addition of Thor uh, with bringing Syndergaard into the lineup. Like, I feel like between him and Otani and the rest of that rotation, like, they should get things done. And it's they're almost going back to Cleveland. Like, they're almost in a Cleveland Cavaliers situation here where when LeBron James was first drafted to that franchise, the only thing, the only responsibility you have is to make sure we surround this generational talent with as many pieces as we can to get a championship. They didn't do that, and ultimately LeBron left before he came back Eric, and won the Eric chip. Eric Snow and Doc Gooden weren't, or Drew Gooden weren't good enough? Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you can, as many Anderson Varage houses you put in the lineup, it's not going to work, <laughs> Kyle. It's just not going to work. Uh, what, what one-time All-Stars of Junis Ilgowskis? <laughs> uh, yes, when Ilgowskis is arguably your second best player, you've got issues, but – I feel like if if the if the Angels don't do anything with while Mike Trout is there, that's not an indictment on Trout. That's an indictment on the Angels. And so, again, in a year where I feel like Houston, maybe Seattle, and that's the that's the the flimsiest of maybes. Like it's got to be this year. It, it's got to be this year. And so, yeah, they went out and made some moves, and I, I'll say they're hot, Ryland. Okay, all right. Nate, I'm going to start with you for number six, the Boston Red Sox. I feel like everybody in this AL East, other than the Baltimore Orioles, 
we could probably say is hot or at least hot-ish. Uh, the Red Sox are, uh, at, at the time of, uh, this morning, you know, they're, they're under 500, but I could see them getting back into this thing. Do I think they'll win the division? Probably not because I do feel like if I were betting right now, I'd probably go Yankees one, Toronto two, Tampa, Tampa and Boston three are fighting out for three. Uh, they got some, they got some ballers, man. Like I still, I'm still part of the Jackie Bradley Jr. fan club. I still got the t-shirt, man. Uh, I hate Boston as a personal aside. Any, any Boston team, the Celtics, the Patriots, yep. the Red Sox, mm-hmm. I've, I went to school in Boston. And so maybe that's part of my, uh, animosity towards that fair city. So I, I guess I'll, my head says hot, my heart says not. And you know what? This morning I'm going to decide to follow my heart, Rylan. I'm going to say not. I'm going to be oh. definitive. And say not the the Red Sox will not make the postseason this year. Kyle, JD Martinez in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two has an OPS plus of one seventy two. I have no words for that. Um, I feel he he feel like he's been in the league since like ninety eight. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking of guys who've been in the league, Rich Hill is out mm. here. Once every five days with an ERA under four. Um, there's so much talent on this team. I yeah. They are missing a first baseman, which is interesting. That is something that seems like you should be able to go out and get a guy who's going to hit more than 147, which is what Bobby Dalback is hitting right now. That's that's not good. That's, that's an OPS plus of 29, um, which is a yeah. pretty big gap between the top and the bottom. Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, Trevor Story is, I feel like he's going to start to turn it around to Christian Vasquez is a very good defensive catcher. And yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr., excellent, excellent defensive, uh, outfielder. Yes, he's hitting 169 right now. He'll, he'll turn that around. I, I feel like this team is just, they're going to start winning games. I have a feeling that they're going to start winning games. And given that the central, Asking the Central to send more than one team to the playoffs is a lot. Mm-hmm. And the West's kind of the same thing. Is it possible that all three wild cards come out of the AL East? Yeah, it's kind of possible. I, mm. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Boston's hot. I think they're gonna make the playoffs. Mm. Okay. Kyle, the Colorado Rockies at number seven. Oh boy. You're putting me in a bind here. <laughs> I have to say nice things about the Montforts. Um, boy, they're hitting so well. A thing that they used to do pretty consistently. They're above 500 in a very hard division. Some of the moves they've made looks like, like CJ Crone looks like an absolute monster so far. Randall Gritchick, <laughs> who the Blue Jays were given away, is out here with an OPS plus of 150. That's park-adjusted, my friend. He is mashing the ball. And one of the things that they've started to do is they've found pitchers who seem to be able to pitch in Colorado, which Mm. is uh, important. 
And yet, that division, man. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's real good. It's real, real good. If I can't find a way to get the 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 Giants in here, Colorado Rockies. That's it's too much of an ask. I. Well, I'll say this. This is probably the best case scenario for the Colorado Rockies. Is that it looks like they're close, which mm-hmm. that's I feel like that's what they need right now is to feel like they're close. So I'll say not, but it is one of those knots that it still feels like it's going to be pretty good soon enough. Mm. Nate. First of all, shout out to that man, CJ Crone, still out here doing work. Like, <laughs> uh, but like Kyle, you summed up my argument perfectly. If I can't say that the Giants are hot, there's no way I can say that the Rockies are hot. Uh, so I feel like this is a team on the come up and like maybe, maybe next year <laughs> I could see them challenging for a wild card spot. But no, the division's too tough. They've got at least three teams to hurdle over. Uh, and two of those teams are teams that I would consider favorites, you know, in, in terms of postseason contention with the Dodgers and the Padres. So no, they're, they're not hot. Nate, I'm going to start with you for number eight. San Diego Padres, you just mentioned them. Well, as a, as a former citizen, of the the fine fine city of San Diego, California, I cannot betray uh, my my people in the six one nine here, Ryland. I know they're listening, even though it's extremely early on the West Coast. It's got to <laughs> yeah. be like three in the morning. I don't know why they are listening uh, to this show at three have, in the morning. We have dedicated San Diego fans. <laughs> I've, I've looked at the demographics. I got a breakdown. Uh, WrestleNomics broke it down for me. I, I've seen all the key numbers. Uh, I'm going to say the Padres are hot, man. Like, you know, we, we talked a lot uh, about Tatis Kyle, uh, just one of the most exciting players in the game. I still think uh, Manny Machado's got uh, some juice left in the tank. Uh, he's somebody, again, you know, talking about those Orioles players I saw come up through the minors. Like, Machado was a dude I was really high on. Uh I think the biggest issue for me, and I don't know if you would agree, Kyle, is do we trust this rotation once we get to the postseason? Because I, I think there, I, nothing's a lock, nothing's guaranteed in sports or in life, but I think they're a lock to make the postseason, so they're hot. What they do beyond that, though, I'm not sure when we're stacking up their rotations versus, say, the Dodgers or, you know, the Mets or the Braves. Kyle, the Padres. Nate, Nate, you're asking me if I trust you, Darvish, in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> that that's gonna be a that's a that's a no. Um, Darvish, but, yes. By the way, you Darvish <laughs> still out here? Yep. getting checks in 2022. Manny Machado has an OPS plus of 213, which is m- insane. That's Ruthian mm-hmm. numbers. He's hitting 375. Uh, he's just absolutely crushing the ball early on, and. In limited games, Eric Hosmer is out here with a 212 OPS plus. The guy they were desperate to get rid of uh, mm-hmm. out here, and he's he's proven his worth right now. Manny Machado is going to be coming back to this lineup, which is insane to think about uh, adding Manny Machado to what is already one of the best lineups in all of baseball. 
adding Sean Manet, I think, is a huge, huge piece. I've always been a huge fan of his, and I'm glad he has gotten out of the trap that is being in Oakland. Uh, <laughs> Joe Musgrove is looking like a Cy Young candidate early on in, in um, uh, for the NL Cy Young, which is crazy. But, yeah, I like – as far as getting to the playoffs, boy, they better. And I said another big thing, and we talk about these guys who keep kicking around and are, are uh, vet, the veteran uh, coaches that seem to be, be the adult in the room to make a team better. Your man Bob Melvin coming yeah. out here, <laughs> putting in that work for uh, for San Diego. Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I, look, like, I, I, I can't lie though. Like all, all respect to Bob Melvin, but I was yeah. there was a part of me, as much as I love having Ron Washington as our third base coach, there was a part of me that wanted to see Wash out there in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. But I, I do hope he gets another manager gig at some point. But Wash, Wash deserves. But yeah, but yeah, I, like the Padres are. There's so much talent on that team, and. I feel like heads have got to roll if they don't make it this year. So I'll say hot. Kyle, I'm going to start with you for number nine. Oh. The New York, the New York Yankees. I mean, they've won 11 in a row. If I don't say hot, I feel like I'm just a hater. And as much, I like, believe me, when it comes to the Yankees, I want to be a hater. I want to say that is, is the rotation overachieving? Yes. Um, is there are there concerns I can find about some of the guys in that rotation or in that that uh, batting order? Like, is there a worry that Joey Gallo isn't going to be able to measure up to that same level of Joey Gallo that they wanted him to be? Yeah, that's a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, is relying on a thirty six year old Josh Donaldson every day going to be something that you can necessarily do? I don't know, but they. They they're really good. <laughs> I want them to be worse, but they <laughs> keep not being worse. Aroldis Chapman looks like the best version of himself. Uh, Garrett Cole looks like he's got help in that rotation, which was always a scary thought. And they are going to knock almost probably close to three hundred home runs out of that out <laughs> of the the matchstick they call their stadium. So yeah. Uh, hot. I I hate it, but I can't. Hot. Nate, the Yankees. So the Yankees, and follow me on this, Rylan. The Yankees are like whenever I see Kim Kardashian on TV. Because intellectually, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know what? There's there's not a lot of substance <coughs> here with Kim Kardashian. There's there's things that you can dislike and 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 sometimes even downright hate about Kim Kardashian. But Rylan Turner, you cannot deny that Kim Kardashian is hot. And that's how I feel about these New York Yankees, man. Like, it's a very yeah, good comparison. They're, <laughs> they're easily making the playoffs. I do feel like they might, they might have struggles if they get to the World Series, though. Because I don't know. You know, like you said there, Kyle, there are a lot of variables. And if they end up matching up with the Dodgers, who are probably right now my team that I'm picking to make to the World Series, even though I, my heart is hoping the Braves can go back to back. Uh, but if, if we're talking Yankees, Dodgers, I'm going Dodgers 
all day in that series. Uh, but I do feel like the Yankees are going to end up being one of the top four or five teams in the, in, uh, baseball and have a good shot to make it out of the AL, um, you know, in October. All right. All right. The final team we're going to talk about on Hot or Not, guys. Nate, I'm going to start with you, and it's the Oakland A's. Ooh, the Oakland A's. That is the most random final uh, <laughs> team that I could have thought of, and I, I appreciate you, Ryland. But not, like, you could have gone the easy route, Ryland. A lesser morning host would have gone with, like, the Dodgers or the Cubs. Or the Guardians, uh, but but you, my friend, you went with the Oakland Athletics, and I am not. We talked about the AL West earlier, and how this this has got to kind of be the year for the uh, Angels, and so the more I'm thinking about it, it's not complicated at all. It's a, it's an easy knot. Because not only would they have to get past the Angels, but they'd have to get past the Astros. Because I think at worst, Houston's coming up second in this division. Uh, I feel like Oakland is always in this perennial loop, and Kyle alluded to it earlier, of we we have exciting young prospects. We we got some some veteran players on the cheap. We're making moves. We're getting better. We're taking strides. Four years later, those exciting young players start to cost a little bit more. Let's blow it up and do it again. Because we can't afford these exciting young players when they become expensive older players. Uh, so, no. I I feel like Oakland is not as bad as, like, a Baltimore or a Cincinnati in terms of being stuck in this rut. But the path isn't there just yet. Right. Uh, you know, you said something earlier, Kyle, about being a year or two away from being a year or two away. I think for Oakland, they're probably about three years away from being two years away. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they've got promise that they, they, they've got some, they've got some prospects, man. But I feel like in a, in a baseball economy where youth is not, I feel like youth is not what it once was. In terms of, you know, we can take time and build these teams from the ground up and really work with the farm system. It's not like that anymore. It's, you know, you, you have to be in it to win it and to be in it, you have to spend. Even like, even with the Braves, you know what I mean? Like the Braves aren't breaking the bank like the Dodgers or the Mets or the Yankees, but the Braves are still spending <laughs> to compete and the A's are not ready to do that. So I don't see the A's doing anything. That's a long way around of saying that the A's are not hot at all, Rylan. They are the opposite of Kim Kardashian. All right. All right. <laughs> Kyle, the A's. There's there's a lot of things. To, so the A's are having a, a, a better season than I would have expected for a team that tore it down to the studs. But mm. things that worry me if I'm an A's fan, the starting lineup, and rotation has a two very important things. Yes, has a combination of one person under twenty five. Mm. That's for a team that's as bad as they kind of are. They sure are. Like this, there's some like rem, remember this guy on uh, on this team. <laughs> uh, remember Elvis Andrews? You wonder where he was? Yes, that's where he is. <laughs> 
Jed Lowry. Remember Jed Lowry? He's still in the league. I bet you didn't know that. That's <sighs> where he is. Um, but yeah, remember when Elvis Andrews was like the hot young thing? I remember. Oh yeah, uh, Texas Rangers had him as yes. their star young shorts. Him and Odor were <laughs> a middle infield of dreams. Um, <laughs> boy, uh, remember Tony Kemp? Yeah, he's mm. he's over here. Like, uh, and here's here's a thing. I don't know who Cole Irvin or Paul Blackburn are, but credit to both of them for having ERAs under three um, in the starting rotation. I, I Once I figure out who some of these players are, I'll, I'll be able to give you a better take on this team. But as of right now, uh, they need to do something, and it's not this. That's enough. They've got guys me. that sound like created players on MLB <laughs> The Show. Like, <laughs> A.J. Puck, starting pitcher. Yeah. AJ <laughs> Sheldon Noyce, my man. He's he's been probably their best hitter. And who are I'm these like, computer generated players, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know who these dudes are, and uh, they've lost six in a row. They were above five hundred for a bit there. Um, yeah, no, it, it's not happening for them. Yeah. Guys, I want to thank you so much for joining me this morning. This has been great. Lots of laughs. And I'm edu- I'm more educated about baseball than I was when we started. And that's always the goal here. Kyle, before we get into the socials, I want you to tell the five folks once again about ASPWA. All right. Um, so Rylan and I and our wisdom decided to put together a wrestling company in WWE 2K. In the spirit of our our love of 80s and 90s Southern wrestling, uh, we created a, a collection of about 40 um, uh, lovable misfits and and talented uh, wrestling stars who are are going out there every week, every Tuesday on our YouTube channel and competing for uh, for titles and for glory and uh, for the uh, adoration of a, a a mediocrely sized virtual crowd and uh we would love it if you guys checked it out uh we're uh, it is on youtube uh and if you want to go to the twitter and find all the information there it is at aspwa wrestling so uh yeah if you're a fan of wwe 2k and uh, simulated uh, simulated old school wrestling coming from a a virtual theater. It's uh, it's fun times. Nate, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to all the Wednesday Night Wallop podcasts where to find you on all the social media and and tell us about your shows. Yes, well, thank you for having me again, Rylan. Always good catching cool. up with you, and and always good talking baseball with Kyle. You know, I, I know. I know about more about baseball than most, but Kyle knows even more than me. So it's always good to catch up and talk some baseball with Kyle. I feel like it's a, it's a shrinking demographic of people that are interested in the sport due in part. I like, I will say to some failings that baseball has had in terms of marketing to a new generation. That flips uh, are fun, people. That flips are fun. Yes. Yeah. Like that's, that's a whole nother conversation for another episode in terms yep. of how Major League Baseball has really fumbled the bag in terms of trying to tap into the younger demographics and, and other markets uh, in terms of making this game bigger. Uh, but uh, in terms of where people can find me and make my audience bigger, uh, you can check out the Kings of Sport podcast. That's my home base. Been doing that since 2013. Uh, so 
almost as long as Joey Votto has been chained to his fate with the Cincinnati <laughs> Reds. Uh, almost, not quite. Joey's got a few years on us, but, uh, it was myself and Marcus Vandenberg for the longest time. Marcus is now with ESPN. So now it's me and a rotating crew of, of, of guest hosts. And we recently completed our 300th episode where Marcus came back to do a guest spot. And we've got, uh, some, uh, friends of the program that stopped by, uh, Chris Ely, one of my co-hosts, uh, from, from over at Post Wrestling. Uh, you know, a couple other guests. And so, yeah, it's, it's a fun show. It's up right now on the Kings of Sport YouTube channel. Uh, and then the audio version will be released soon. So probably by the time you're hearing this, folks, if you're not like the listeners in San Diego who got up at three o'clock to hear this, uh, you'll probably be hearing that episode soon. Uh, we got a Patreon if you want to support us. Uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Five bucks gets you in the door and we've got over 200 hours of audio and video content talking sports, pro wrestling, politics, pop culture. Uh, we got some MCU reviews, some movie live watches up there. Uh, so, uh, check that out if you're interested and, uh, support the channel because that allows me to do more things, um, in the, in the podcast space and do more shows and connect with more folks. Uh, Post Wrestling, I mentioned, got two shows up there, the NWA Podcast, which is the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, talking about pro wrestling from a from the perspective of uh, black journalists, media members, and fans, as well as the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, which is a show that chronicles the filmography of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So for all of that and more, check me out on Twitter at in the number 8 mozaik at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. And, uh, again, Rylan, I appreciate you, uh, having me on. You know, for, I talked about it off the top, man. There's, there's two things, you know, that, that always get me to come here. You know, Rylan, you know, we, we have what I'd call an Anthony Mackey relationship. You know, Anthony <laughs> Mackey, of course, uh, Sam Wilson from the Marvel movies. Uh, yeah. Anthony Mackey, one of his most famous lines is when Steve Rogers, Captain America says, all right, we need to go here. And he's like, when do we start? So whenever Rylan asks me to do a show, I'm like, cool, when do we start? And then, much like Anthony Mackey, as soon as we stop the show, I say, all right, Rylan, cut the check. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nate, we always appreciate you having he- having you here on all any of our Wednesday Night Wallet podcasts. Kyle, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, if they want to find me, they can find me at LeRegendaryKJ. That's L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Uh, you can find all of the Wednesday Night Wallop stuff at WN Wallop. If you are so inclined, please follow us there. And Rylan, how about, how about you and the this name of the show? My Twitter handle is at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this morning. I've made it through a whole show talking about how it's the morning and i'm proud of myself guys (laughs) have a good afternoon good evening and good night (laughs) you've been listening to a wallop media podcast you can find us on twitter at wallop media the hosts of our shows are rylan kyle and dk you can find rylan on twitter at rylan wallop and kyle on twitter at kyle wallop Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. 
You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.